All right, welcome everybody to another episode of 21 Going On 77. I am one half of the Dynamic Duo, your boy Dwight at 517-2214. Joined again, as I am every week, on a yet another beautiful Friday afternoon here in Texas. My homie, Dr. SJ, SJ PhD, the brains of the operation, I can't think of no more AKAs. So, young SJ at SJ Basketball Eight family, how are you feeling this Friday afternoon? And is it beautiful in New York City? Yeah, it is. After some rain, we had a lot of rain um, past few days, and now it's looking it's looking okay again. But it's been a cool day, cool day here. Oh, is it? Uh, the jacket weather already hit like oh, yeah. about a month ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've been to New York in the middle of winter and I've been in the middle of summer. I haven't I haven't been in the fall. I think I appreciate it better if I went when it wasn't one of the extreme seasons because New York in the wintertime was was kind of for the birds, but I had a good time. Yeah. But um y'all, this episode, I guess, this is the last, oh, yeah, this is the last episode we got before the regular season start. So next time I think we record, we'll be ranting about uh, actual regular season games and games that actually matter, right? So just to kick it off, um, I guess in the world of Mavs news or things that we haven't discussed, uh, apparently the Mavs are about to sign uh, is it Faku? Fachu? Faku, Faku. Faku. There we go. Faku Kempazo. Um, you know, uh, we apparently he has some ties with Luca. They played in Real Madrid together, didn't they? Uh, yep, it would be a reunion. Yeah, they played with in Real Madrid together. Um, you know, Kempazo played for the Nuggets the last couple years. Um, I'm not going to hold you, SJ. When uh, I saw that it was a thing and not just a rumor, when it basically got confirmed, I was like, I was salty. I'm not going to hold you. Um, what did you think? Um, I mean, I was a little annoyed given that, okay, first of all, Faku stinks. Let's start there. If people are saying, oh, well, he can provide this, provide that. That's what the Nuggets thought. And he stunk. He tanked pretty much all their lineups, all the lineups he was in. With the Nuggets, he was tanking those lineups. So I'm like, okay, if this is like a, I'm going to, you know, sign Luca's buddy, fine, whatever. But if it's a situation where you're, like, to me, I'm expecting him, like, I don't think he's coming and getting, like, 20 minutes. I don't think it's anything like that. But he's going mm. to play. Mm. <laughs> like, if if Spencer, Luca, if one of them is out, he's going to, like, he's going to play. So I'm like, okay, you, I, I mean, I guess it's, depending on roles like I was gonna say you pass on Dragic but um you know Dragic wanted to play a bit more I guess Faku he'd be okay with you know not playing like getting a bunch of BMPs um you know I mean without issue so I think that's ultimately what it was um but at the end of the day like people were like oh he's a 50 man well technically he's not like if we're talking about 50 man that's still like he is yeah. the 50 man just because he got signed early that you know that doesn't mean anything so, um, yeah, I mean, I just, at the end of the day, I just wanted to see, um, like, it's just funny to me that they 
really went with this plan about, you know, we're going to have guys on the roster fight for that third ball handling, you know, role. We'll have Josh, you know, and Frank and Tyler. They even have fixed their mouths to talk about Tyler Dorsey. <laughs> and to me, them signing Faku is kind of admitting defeat there. That's one. And two, in other news, they're, they're looking to cut Dorsey. And I'm like, I, that is pissing me off because one, I didn't want him here in the first place. I didn't want him here signing in the first place. People are like, oh, he's just a two-way. To me, if you're over 24, you don't need to be on a damn two-way. Unless it, the team is trying to, like, maneuver some way, you know, um, to put you on a two-way to, you know, convert you later. Some maneuvering. Other than that, you should not be on a damn two-way. Um, he's been in the league. There's no upside here to gain. Um, and now it looks like he's getting, having some regrets about <laughs> passing up on, you know, bags in Europe. So I there's a lot of names on the market that I like. Um, my guy... Um, Teo Maladon, the Charlotte just um, picked him up. I wanted to take a look at him, but according to Harry Witherspoon, listen, um, there's some other guys out there that it's like I would want them to take a look at. I mean, Moses Wright and some other guy out there. That's what I want. They already cut the rest of the bums, um, so it's really either they're going to sign Wright because Wright is the only one of those training camp guys they haven't cut. So clearly he's um def- they're definitely looking at him, um at least for a two way. So I'm hoping he gets a spot there. They cut Dorsey, let him go to Europe, because it'd be ridiculous for him to waste a season here because he's not playing here. And even if you're on a two way, you can only play half the season. <laughs> you know what I mean? On a two way, you can only play half the NBA games on a two way. So it's like it. I just don't see the value in him being on a two way here. Go get the bag, and let us move on. Yeah, um, getting back to Compazzo, man, he he stinks, man, and I don't, I, he stinks, and I get, like, the archetype, archetype, the archetype for what they trying to do, because for that third ball handler with our current roster, the dude, someone that's going to be available for the vet minimum, you need somebody that like is like a pass first point guard. You don't need anybody that wants to shoot the ball because in my opinion, if Wood is going to continue to come off the bench, I guess if Tim is still going to come off the bench, um, you know, you, you need dudes that's going to get them the ball and let them do their thing and not be trying to get buckets themselves, right? You, if Especially Josh Green, he's still just a catch-and-shoot dude. So you need somebody that is can get, the, get them passes, can initiate offense with those guys. But the dude stinks. And just to kind of, I guess, double down on the point you were making with people saying he's the 15th man, I totally disagree. I totally disagree. Um, where the Mavs are at with the luxury tax and the salary cap, them giving him a minimum contract, it's $1.8 million. Uh, but because where we're at in the salary cap, every dollar we spend is hit with a tax of $3.25 for every dollar over. 
So you paying him 1.8 plus 1.8 with a tax applied of it of like $5.6 million. So they, they invest, they like invest in like damn near $8 million. If his contract is fully guaranteed for the whole season, him or any other player, we gift that um, a fully guaranteed roster spot. That's $8 million or $7.8 million of, of money invested. And I don't see them dudes doing that for a dude that ain't going to play. For a dude that's not going to play most nights. I, I just, that's poor resource management, right? Now, maybe they got some trade to give away Dwight Powell for free and just dump salary. Maybe it's, they got, they plan on doing that with Bertans or something. I don't know. I can't call it. But none of those things are guaranteed because they just would have did that shit already. So I think he's going to play. I think he's going to play most nights. I really do. I It's probably only going to be 10 to 15 minutes. But I think he's going to play. I don't. I think people think he's the 15th man, that he's not going to see the court that often. I'm, I won't even be shocked if he plays more than than, uh, than Jaden or they have comparable minutes this year. Um, I hope not. But I won't be amazed if that's how that plays out. Because, I mean, we are trying to win, and Jaden is a rookie. I think the fan base needs to, like, second-round rookies that, or, hell, even first-round rookies, they typically don't, they ain't, they ain't out there every night on teams that's trying to win. So I I don't want people putting improper expectations on Jaden Hardy. And I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he just hits the ground running and is great. But... You know, you, you just never know. You never can predict it. You never can really. That's, that's just not something, in my opinion, that I think you can you can put on Jaden and expect him to play every night. So I think Composite's going to play. There's a part of me that just rather see McKinley, right? Because if we're going to sign a short guard, they can't shoot. Let's go get the young dude that might have something. Just see what he got. Um. I don't know. I'm I'm conf- I'm conflicted about it. I really, really am. Because uh, I think he's going to play, but I do think they could have got somebody better. So I, I'm not for sure. Yeah, because news just came out that Detroit said they're about to waive Kemba too. So it's like, okay, um, you're asking me who would, I'd rather want out of Kemba versus Baku. I'd probably lean Kemba. Um, I mean, I don't know about that news how really cooked it is. Um, at least Baku, at least you know he'll be there if, if you need him, you know. But I don't know. I feel like, yeah. But, like, keeping perspective, yes, he's not going to play much, so there's no need to, like, you know, have a hurry about it. But, yes, you're right in that there were other options that they just did not look at. But, um, yeah, I was, uh, I, I don't know, man. So I, that is something I wanted to talk to you about. So last week I brought up Eric Bledsoe and you dismissed it. You literally was just like, all right, moving on. We ain't even finna, I'm not even going to acknowledge that you said that. So Eric Bledsoe versus Compazzo versus Kimba. I'll probably say Bledsoe. I mean, I, and it's funny. I I made a tweet. I was like, uh, "Give me um, baby Bron," because that that was um, Bledsoe's nickname. 
Yeah. Yeah, I I take blood too. Yeah, I I I just don't know, man. I don't know why they got him, and I know people are talking about well, that's Luca's boy, but he gotta play. You know, he's gonna play. He's gonna play. He's gonna start like ten games this year. Do you think that's crazy? Who's gonna start ten games? Kambazo. Start. Start. Who would let's say Luca or let's say Luca's hurt? Who I do you mean, think? I think I think Spencer's starting. I think they're more likely start. Um, I mean, if Spencer's still starting, I think they'd probably push up Tim more than they'd push, push up Kambazo in there. Yeah, I don't think he's yeah start. I think yeah, I think he Odin would start unless both of them is out, like both Spencer and um. Uh, Luca's out, then maybe I could see that, but like, I don't anticipate knock on wood, but I don't anticipate. I mean, he, start, he was starting games for the Nuggets even when, like, before Jamal Murray got hurt, like, yeah, he started a couple. He was okay then, he progressively got what his first season in Denver was much better than his second season in Denver. So, I, I, it's so funny because, like, when it comes to him, there's just two different. Like, I remember him giving uh, Dame Lillard a couple buckets, and uh, when they beat him in the playoffs, and then I just remember last year he couldn't throw it in the ocean. Like, there's just no. And even when I would watch them during the regular season, he was just so bad. He was so bad. So I don't know. I really don't even know how to. I, I'm not. I'm trying not to get angry about it because, at the end of the day, who knows what's gonna happen. But you can't tell me Eric Bledsoe playing 15 minutes a night wouldn't be better than what he's gonna do. And you all like Eric Bledsoe was starting for the Clippers and he wasn't great, but he also ain't a starter at this point in his career. And same thing with Kemba, like, yeah, Kemba ain't that great either. He said he's cool with coming off the bench. So if you go highlight him and say, hey, 10, 15 minutes tonight, maybe 20, I think he'd be cool with that. Like, I don't think Kemba's body can hold up to playing 25, 30 minutes tonight. I think it's proven. But 10, 15 and having to guard backups and be guarded by backups it's different than being guarded and having to guard starters. That applies to everybody. That applies to Eric Bledsoe, too. I don't know, man. I just feels like they could have did better. And because it costs so much money, it just feels like, I don't know, I, I, maybe they see something I don't see. And he's short, so which is, I feel like that's going against Jason Kidd's uh, type. So we'll see, man. We'll see. I, I'm... It's kind of much to do about nothing, but at the same time, I do think Buddy is going to play. Yeah, that's fair. Um, hey, do you want to talk about the new confirmed starting lineup that we victory lap on the timeline? Oh, uh, that was beat uh, be the dead horse. I mean, a, a lot was said about it. The yeah. conclusion was what Jason Kidd said was misinterpreted. That's what it was. Jason Kidd didn't give folks any run around um, when you heard the quote yeah. or heard what was said he said that Spencer was running the second unit he never said coming off the bench that's just how it was interpreted 
therefore you are setting wrong interpretation and it is what it is it happens whatever but um yeah so spencer is still starting um i mean even if spencer was coming off the bench which i felt made things more balanced but even if he was again the problem of if one of them is out completely um that was never solved clearly the faku was coming to save the day but you know what i mean like that wasn't at the time wasn't solved so yeah you know it is what it is yeah it, it is <laughs> it's beating a dead horse but this whole yeah frank can be a ball handler it's i think the situation changed and it actually has me concerned about like dog do they cut frank like could you see that um, maybe, but I'd rather put him in a trade, even though no one wants. But you know what I mean? As some, yeah, just as a player, salary right? filler. Yeah, well, that, that's what I'm trying to get at. Like, is he potentially like? It does he is he playing every night? Is what I'm getting at. Hmm. Um, absolutely not. First of all, just seeing how they've played him in like um, just free agent. I mean, free agency and preseason. He, they've like if you look at his minutes, they it doesn't indicate for me somebody who, um, is going to play a lot like in the season. So I don't anticipate him. I anticipate a lot of um PMPs. Yeah, I do too. I I think whatever they, I think they did believe when they were saying that. I think they believed that was true, and I think maybe Frank's. Do we still know what happened to him yet? I think it was some. I actually don't know. I might have just made that up. <laughs> I, was gonna say I, <laughs> I remember. They, I remember it was foot, ankle. I know it was leg, lower body. Yeah. I know I, it was some to that effect. But the point I'm trying to make is, I think that was a plan, and that injury either stopped the training program, stopped the bag development, stopped the skill development that they thought they would see. Because I guess whatever they saw when they got to training camp has been so bad. They like, yeah, this uh, we got to spend eight million dollars to get somebody else who can dribble because this this guy ain't it. And I feel bad because I like Frank, but I never could figure out why the fan base was like, yeah, Frank played so great against the Devin Booker. I I don't know if it was that stat. About I guess Devin Booker. I don't even know if that stat was real to keep it tall. But oh, no, it was fake. There was a fake one floating around. Yeah, like but he that did fake... play good defense again. Yeah, he, he did, but I feel like people just gas that up so much and start lying to themselves about what he could do. And it's like, man, that dude that he, he just that he was never the answer as a as a ball handler. And whoever his agent is, um did Bi- our brother Bibbs mentioned that, but I never saw it reported anywhere. Bibbs ain't the type of dude that makes stuff up so I believe that's real about Frank wanting to be a point guard and that's still just crazy because Frank you just get to 36% from three not even 36 let's go 35 brother you're going to be getting checks for a long time and you're not going to be on the vet minimum but if you're trying to be a point guard yeah man you, you're going to be back in Europe you probably will be back in Europe next year if you don't get back to 36% and just be in a, or get to 35% and just be a solid 3 and D wing on like three, four attempts a night. I don't know. It's crazy. 
Yeah, and that's why that that leaves like that you see all the time like dudes thinking that or wanting to be a certain type of way and it leads to them literally being out of the league like i just i don't think there's any reason for um frank to be thinking like that it's not like no one has ever given him a shot to prove that he can be a point you've gotten all the chances bro you're just not that so i think um yeah i think right now he has to understand read the room understand what's going on and you know realize that hey maybe um i need to like you said focus on hitting my shots <laughs> so yeah. that i can at least carve out a steady role in the league before it's too late yeah um yeah that frank frank brother you're not a point guard that's okay you can still be in the league for a very long time um I know one thing I didn't talk to you about for previously. I watch two episodes of Theo Pitson's podcast, Run Your Race. Uh, I watched one with Spencer, watched one with Jared Dudley. And uh, my big takeaways from both of those pods are A, any player that becomes available that was ever on that team has a decent chance of becoming a Maverick. That's A. B, whenever you hear players tell you, like, talk about their game or what they think they are, uh, and I'm saying this as it pertains to Spencer, that's what they are, even if you think there's something different. And the reason why I bring this up is, I, I you know, I've watched a few different episodes with Spencer, uh, interviews with Spencer where he's talking about like his journey, how he got to league from Detroit to Chicago for a hot second, to the G League, to Brooklyn, to Washington to here. And if when you hear Spencer describe his game or just what he was doing, how he knew he was good, he would always say, these dudes can't guard me. He would always say, man, in practice, I'm killing these dudes in one-on-ones. I would be cooking these dudes in practice on one-on-ones. These dudes can't guard me. And the reason why I bring that up is, to me, I think the best use of Spencer, and I guess uh, another reason why I believe we kind of need a table setter point guard with the second unit, because I don't think Spencer is that. And when he tried to be that in Washington, it went horribly wrong, right? Because he's trying to be something that he's not. So even, you know, even if we had a very, like, let's say we had the perfect backup point guard or third ball handler, I think for the roster we got right now, would actually probably be like a Tyus Jones, like a dude that ain't really, really trying to get buckets but can run the team, facilitate, just a solid, dependable <laughs> guard, right? Because I don't think Spencer is that even if you turn injuries off, right? Even if you turn fatigue off like it's 2K, I just don't think Spencer is that table setter guard for the rest of them dudes that need to get buckets. And I think we're setting ourselves up for failure asking him to be that with the second unit. What, what do you think? I mean, I tend to agree. He, I think at this point, Spencer is a score first guard. I don't think yes. he can, um, if ands or buts about that. And yes, asking him to or telling him to focus on table setting might be a mistake. 
but it's what we have to do right now and i know people have been hinting oh well we don't know what's gonna happen at trade deadline and we don't um but like to me if you're going into and i said it's funny because i said this last year yeah but if you're going into a season um with like an quote-unquote incomplete plan i don't like that like if Mm. you're going you're going into the season waiting on the trade deadline that's weird <laughs> the, trade, the trade deadline it's, is what? Not a rebuilding team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The trade deadline is what 50, 60 games into the season. Yeah. Like it's your season is kind of, I'm gonna say set in stone, but that's nuts to me. But I didn't mean to cut yeah. you off. Please continue. No, but yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm trying to point out. So I'm just, I just believe that um, they've made their bed and now they're trying to lie in it and. You know, it is what it is. The games is we're so close, less than a week till the Mavs like play for real, for real. So the games will be played. Somebody I, I see, everyone's getting mad at like just the national media, like or NBA Twitter or whatever, being low on the Mavs. They, you know, a lot of people have us in the playing, and people get mad at that. But I'm like, just let it cook. Like yeah. last year, they said we'd be in the playing. Like every yeah. season, they're basically projecting us as a playing team. So just the games will be played. Somebody will be right and somebody will be wrong. So we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, that that's kind of the attitude I have. Um, I'm not arguing with anybody about the Mavs because to me, you can argue about what player is better than this player or stuff like that because it's kind of well, how are we quantifying that, right? Um, who scores the most points? Who has the best stats? whose team wins more games, like, you know, there there's some ambiguity to who's the best player in the league or who's top five or top ten or top whatever. There ain't no arguing about what team was better than the other. Like, did y'all win more games than the other team? Did that team, did you beat that team in the playoffs? Did that team go further? So in a situation where the games are going to be played. Like, I'm not arguing. Um, we about to get to our Western Conference standing prediction. And yeah, man, um, I, I people probably going to disagree with me about where I'm going to have the Mavs at. And I'm actually, not, not to step on it, but I think it's possible. I think it's like 50-50. This team is quote-unquote better than last year's team, but still has a lower seat. And still loses in the first round. I don't know. What What do you think about that? I mean, I just think there's a lot of variability with the team. There's yeah. like so much variability. There's there's a wide range. I could see us shit being like three seed, and I could see us being a bottom echelon playing team. And that's you know, in the worst case scenario type, you know, ends. But it's just a lot of variability. Yeah, I, and as we'll get into. That's not just true for us. That's true for what I think a lot of teams. Exactly. That's what we about to get into. Because, like, I shit you not, if the Mavs were the number one seed, I wouldn't be shocked. And I'm dead serious. I'm not gassing it. I'm not. Like, there's nothing. As I'm looking at these teams, there are one, two, three, six teams, seven teams in the West that if they were the one seed, I'd be like, Okay. That's interesting. Okay, they were a little better than I thought they would be. But I would believe I think there's seven teams that have a shot at being the one seed. And the team that was funny is the team I feel worst about that with is the team that was the one seed last year. But 
we you you ready to get into that or you got anything else you wanna get off the chest about the Mavs? Um no, they play their final preseason game tonight. Um, tonight, uh as and they're treating that as like a dress rehearsal. So we'll get to see, I guess, the rotations, all that, what they plan on cooking up, so I'm excited to watch that. Um, but yeah, no, we're um almost almost there in terms of meaningful games for the Mavs. Yeah. So I don't know why. Um I gotta go back and look at how many people actually listened to this last year because I don't remember. But I think these prediction, these standing prediction pods, like these shits is my favorite. Like these are my favorite thing to do. Um I don't know why. I just enjoy doing them. With all that being said, this year in the West, I got to be honest with you. The last couple years, well, we only did this one year, but usually when I make my predictions or throw them on the timeline, and then, hell, we did it on a pod last year. Like, I'm very confident for the most part in how my predictions, like, even if I'm dead ass wrong. I still felt good about what I said when I said it, right? Fam, I don't feel good about none of this. I I just got to be honest with you. There's basically, once you get down, it's just like we we talked about with the East. Uh, Once you, yeah, once you get to like, what is it? With the East, like we were saying, like if the Wizards snuck into the seventh seed, you wouldn't be blown away, Right. It's kind of like that with the West, except you go, I don't know, 11 teams deep. They're all like decent teams. It wouldn't shock me if the team I have is the 11th, my prediction to be the 11th best team in the in the West ended up being like the fourth seed or the fifth seed or the sixth seed. I don't think it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be like, oh my God, this is just totally unforeseeable. This was totally unpredictable. And because there's been so many changes in the West, right? So Denver got MPJ and uh, MPJ and Murray back uh, with Memphis. They were number two, but Triple J, shit, he might not play till 2023. And even when he does play, there might be some ramp up period, right? Um, Golden State, Draymond just slumped Jordan Poole. There could be some tension, some weirdness with that. Uh, Phoenix, I do think there's going to be some weirdness. I, I, I just think they're going to fall off. I think Phoenix is going to fall off. We're going to get into how far we see them fall off. And then New Orleans, they did just add Zion. So they were, you know, I right, last year. And you just dropping like a, a, a great player like Zion. It, Zion's not a player that you know, you kind of speculating as far as performance. It's just as you don't stay healthy. But he's giving you 27 when he's on the court. It's kind of crazy. So I just think there's so much variability in the West that there's no team from one through seven that I don't think can be the one seed. But we got to rank them. We got to pick them. We got to predict them. So you want to start from the bottom. You want to start from the top. How you want to do this, family? Uh, let's start from the bottom. All right. I think we're going to be in alignment on this. So my bottom three teams. In the 15th seed, I got the Spurs. Mm-hmm. 14th seed, I got OKC. 13th seed, I got Houston. Hmm, interesting. 
Yeah, I um yeah, my bottom team is the Spurs as well. Um on my 14th seed, I'm gonna oh this one was a look this is where it starts actually getting tough for me. And even though I know they're gonna be bottom teams, but it's just like the order because like for example, OKC, I kinda like what OKC got going on, but then you know Shay, he's so iffy with his health. And um there's a lot going on over there. Obviously, Chance not playing. So I would agree with you and put them in the 14th seed too, even though I think they um, you know, if healthy, I think they're better than that. Um then I have um this is an, an where it gets tougher as well because I like I think Utah has um like you know they still got some of the vets that they have and I could see Utah being in that like bottom three um because they they don't play any defense like it's they have no room protection defense is bad so I can see teams really taking advantage of that um so I'm going to go against my better judgment and I'm putting Utah in there, even though I want to put the Rockets in there, but I'm going to put Utah in there. Okay. No, I, I see it. Um, I do think Utah is eventually going to try to trade some of the vets, yeah. but until that happens, I think they're going to be a little better than Houston, but I think Houston, like I, I I'm, I, uh, the KPJ point guard experiment needs to come to an end, but I like boy, like that Tari Eason. That's one of them. More, that's that one man. That's that one you see, and you be like, "Damn!" If the if the Mavericks just could have got a hold of him, like we 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 would work. We'd be working with some. Like he can go. I like I like that I like that young talent. I really do. I really do. Um, what do you? He went eighteen. He went within the realm of seventeen. Yeah. He went in the realm of what? What we traded for Christian? What was that? Twenty two or twenty three? No, no, we traded twenty six. We wasn't. Oh shit! Never mind. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Take yeah. back. He what was, I was always about a long this. shot. I saw, I saw him on, you know, a couple of people saying that they liked him, but he was always a long, like that was always the range that he was gonna go in. Um, and, so yeah, we didn't have a shot at him. Gotcha. And, and I could be overreacting to preseason and summer league, but nah, every since he didn't had an NBA jersey on, he's looked not just good, but like. Real good and real good at everything the Mavericks need. Yeah, like, he's been good. He's been yeah. Good. So that's that's one of my that's one of my that's one of my guys. That's that's a dude I'm gonna keep my eyes open for. Um, let's see. Moving up, I guess the next three, which includes the last playing spot, I got the Jazz at twelve. I got Portland at eleven. I got them Kings, them Sacramento uh-huh. Kings, as the last playing team. Oh, see, okay, so yeah, I got Houston up next at um twelve, then at eleven. This was probably the hardest thing for me to do when I was doing my rankings, like between the Kings and the Blazers. Yeah, because I feel like the Blazers they should get respect because out of the Kings and the Blazers, they have the best player by far, right in Dame, and that's if I mean Dame has kind of looked pretty bad in the preseason but I mean I anticipate him shaking off his rust um and he'll be okay so with that respect that's why I want to lean Portland but both teams cannot defend so I think with the offense I think the Kings are going to have a really good offense but again they won't be able to defend but I think the same as with Portland I think they're going to have a good offense if everyone you know stays okay 
and they're not going to be able to defend. So it's like, okay, whichever one defends, like, whichever one has the higher defensive rating, I think that's who's going to be higher in the standings. So with that being said, I, this hurts to do, but I will put Portland in that final playing spot, and then the Kings just miss it at 11. I can see it. The reason why I disagree is Dame has looked bad. Like, this is now... Dame didn't look... Dame never looked like Dame last year. I know he had an injury, but I'm going to need to see it. I'm, you know, he ain't he ain't a young dude no more, so I'm not saying he cooked. He stinks. I'm not saying he's washed. I'm not saying he's cooked. I'm just, I'm going to need to see it. And man, again, that Keegan Murray... Boy, I made fun of them kings. I made fun of them kings for taking him over Jaden uh, Ivey. Yeah, he can go. I think it's official that he can oh, go. He's a pro. He's a pro. Yeah, like, and I'm just like, and I think he can be like, there, there's, how can I say it? There's good rookies, and then there's good basketball players that can contribute to winning teams that happen to be rookies. And I actually think he's like, I think he's going to be a positive a net positive player that fast. So, I don't know. I, I'm kind of looking forward to – I think the Kings sneaking that play in. I, I wonder if they hold a celebration. Do they, have, do they like, raise a banner for it? I don't know. That, that'll be interesting. Shit, they should. <laughs> and the thing is, like, they if they won two games and made the, and made the playoffs, same thing. It wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't blow me away. When you got small sample size, the higher variance, the high the thing that's less likely to happen can happen. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, moving on to this next pack of three, pretty sure this is going to be controversial once I get to seven. But, hey, I feel how I feel. Number nine, I got the Lake Show. I got your boy, Brian. I think they're going to be in the ninth seat. Number eight, I got the New Orleans Pelicans. That's going to be hella, hella ironic. Super interesting because don't the New Orleans got the Lakers pick again, don't they? More yep, swap rights? They yes. They oh, that's going to be interesting because they can pack them boys up and like it behooves them to beat them and be better than them. And then number seven, I have the Sons of Phoenix as the seventh seed in the NBA Western Conference. I said what I said. Ooh, okay, that's interesting. Yes, um, the the Phoenix Suns go from sixty four wins and a playing team. I said what I said. I truly believe it. Interesting. Um, yeah. So, I mean, for my ninth seed, I do have the Lakers as well. I just don't think they'll rise above that bottom echelon playing. There's just a lot of drama around them. You know, from Westbrook, you know, coming off the bench to just all this nonsense. So we'll see um, what happens with them. But I do have them in um, in eight. I mean, nine. And then my eighth seed, I was grappling with this as well. But I do have New Orleans um, there too. And in my seventh spot, I actually have the Grizzlies. 
<laughs> the spice and I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. Those are some spicy ass. We took we we got the one in the two seed in the West last year in the play in. Oh, SJ. I hope man, I hope their Twitter's well, I don't know. Sun's Twitter been just eating punches all all summer. So I think they would eat this. I don't even think they would overreact. But Grizzlies Twitter will lose their mind. Oh, they would lose their mind. Low key. If I was a different type of dude, I would just clip that and uh, oh boy, and and put it on there and like hit them with their hashtag. Anyway, so um, I'm not gonna hold you. I could totally see Memphis there. Um, I really, really could. I, I, I think. I know people are going to be like, well, they John missed a bunch of games and they still won all those games. But you know who didn't miss games? Jaron Jackson Jr. Played 78. He was the backbone for the defense. He kept that whole defensive identity going. He literally only missed four games. And he may not play what? This year, and I actually like Brandon oh, Clark. He's going to, oh, he's going to play. But no, like this, ca- I'm sorry, this calendar year. Uh-oh. Oh, okay. So like New Year's Day, he might show up. That's that's the I guess four to six months. So that six month mark puts him. Uh, the six month mark is is has him coming back around January, the New Year's okay. Day. So yeah, I could definitely, definitely, definitely see it. And people don't want to hear that. And obviously, Jock could get better, but. I don't think John's going to magically be healthy himself. He's going to miss some games. So now you're talking about your two best players potentially being out for stretches. They good, but they ain't that good. And I don't think they're going to get to play basically a month and a half of COVID teams, which is what when they ran off all those wins with John out, that's basically what they did. They, they was just playing teams without their best player over and over and over and over again. So – uh, I think they, I think their run was a little. Well, their record last year was a little, little fluky. So, um, you got them at seven. I got them at. I guess we'll get to my next three. So, in the sixth seed in the West, the six pack of teams. I got the Memphis Grizzlies. I got your Mavericks of Dallas. I got the Los Angeles Clippers. So you know what's happening in the first round of the playoffs yet again. Oh, oh man. So um, in six, I have the Mavericks. <laughs> you know what's funny? That's where I had us initially, but I scratched this out. It flipped uh, Memphis after I uh, I looked at I, I I thought Triple J was coming back like – after a month, and then I saw like, yeah, he may not come back. But anyway, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, but that, I mean that's, that's that's what I have right now. I'm like, oh, but yeah, I have the Mavericks in six. I have um in five. I do have um I was oh I was going between um Minnesota here and Phoenix, but I put Phoenix in five. Because I do think they, you know, take a tumble down the standings, too. And then I'll have Minnesota in four. 
Oh, okay. You got Minnesota at four. I can yeah, take I got it. Minnesota at four. Yeah, because I, I think it'll be it'll be a very good regular season team actually, but um, I just think it might you know, I don't think you know you know a lot of people are putting them at the top of the West. I see them in the t- in top threes, and some people will take. I don't think they'll be top three, but I do think they'll be comfortable like in that middle range. Well, SJ, some of those people are your boy. Mm-hmm. I am one of those people. So my top three, I got Minnesota at three. I got Denver at two. I got Golden State at one. Um, I just think Minnesota is going to be a regular season machine. Um, I really do. I look at, dog, you, I know they traded, like, a lot of players that played, you know, I know they traded Pat Bev and Jared Vanderbilt and um, uh, what's my man that was smashing Larissa Pittman? Uh, Beasley. Oh boy, Beasley. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's where I remember him from. And I know he played, but but that's Rudy Gobert. And if you actually look at the way they played last year, they like it's. I won't say it's going to be a seamless fit because it, you know, I think it's going to take some some changing. But like that defensive scheme where they basically blitz the point of attack. And just play defense behind it using uh cat like basically using him as a dude to to blitz and attack and things of that nature instead of having him be a rim protector which he's not and just trying to force as many turnovers as possible because they know if they just sit back and are passive that shit not gonna work and you can play that same scheme and just have rudy back there basically waiting to clean up everything that's what he's used to and then they actually, you know, you got uh, who's the dude they just announced as a starter today? Who? Uh, Minnesota. Oh, there we go. Jaden McDaniel can can D up. You got, you know, I think there's a a lot of room for growth on the defensive end from the uh, dog. I, I sound like such an old man because I was about to call this man the homophobe because I forgot his name. Um. <laughs> Anthony Edwards, <laughs> Anthony Edwards, oh uh, Anthony Edwards. I think there's a lot of room for growth from him offensively and defensively, and I just think they're gonna be good. I think they're gonna be a regular season machine. I don't think they're gonna have to like integrate stuff. They just gonna be like Rudy. You get to clean up all that stuff, and then offensively, like, hey man, Jared Vanderbilt fucking stuck and provided no spacing. Like, and he played 25 minutes a night. We're not about to act like Rudy Gobert is somehow clogging shit up so much worse than Jared Vanderbilt. I'm sorry. I, I just, I, I've seen, well, they're going to play two bigs, and I do think there will be some uh, adjustment, but, bro, Jared Vanderbilt was out there being useless outside of being around the rim. I, I think Rudy would be all right. I, I don't think it's going to tank their offense. I just don't. Um so I, that's why I got them as a three seed. Um, Denver, I, I just, dude, they look good. And I didn't think MPJ would even look this good this fast. I didn't. I think he's only going to play 40, 50 games. And Jamal Murray has looked a little cooked. He ain't looked as great. But I think eventually he's going to get it together. And I'm starting to look at Jokic the way I look at, like, Giannis – in just regular season machine, you, you know him, uh, 
Giannis, Luka, Jokic, if they on the court, you're going to win about 50, and they just got semi-competent teammates. You're going to win 50 games at least. And if you give them, like, plus teammates, you can win a championship. And I, I still have my worries about them long-term in the playoffs, but as far as regular season machine, yeah, man, they'd be the two seed. And then the uh, Warriors, yeah, I just, dude, I, I – after Draymond punched old buddy in his face, I was a little hesitant to keep him here, but I really, I just like the young dudes. I really like the young dudes, and I think Clay is going to be better than he was last year. And, you know, Jordan Poole technically is a young dude, and then they got the, the lottery picks, and then Wiseman, I thought he was cooked. He's looked like a competent basketball player, and you, outside of... Oh, the mother three dudes that basically didn't give him a whole lot. They won a damn championship. So even if Draymond gets packed up, he's important. I don't think they can, I don't know if they can win it without him. But as far as like regular season machine, integrating them young dudes, Clay actually being available. And I think you started, Clay couldn't play defense to me until like the finals. But you start to see Clay playing Clay Thompson defense again. I'm like, oh shit! If that's a thing again, they they back and they might win another championship. So I got them winning. I I do have them with the best record in the league. And that's fair. Yeah, I have um the Warriors too with the best record. Um, at least in the West, I haven't decided if they're gonna have the best in the league. Probably. Um, my two seed I do have Denver, and my three seed I have the Clippers. Um, just because I think the Clippers are super deep. Yeah. Um, they're deeper than they were last year, and Tyloo has shown you that he can win games like with, even without their stars. So I, I, I still think they're gonna be really, really good um, in that three spot. And your your list and my list, even though we have different spots, still has a first round matchup with the Clippers because I have Mavericks <laughs> six and them three, so it'd still be a first round matchup. Um, but yeah, and I do think Denver is gonna um come back great too, um in the two spots. So yeah, we. Similar lists again this week with you know a couple of different people or different teams in different spots. But I gotta be honest with you, what we did last week because it, I, we didn't write anything down. Like subconsciously, I just borrow from things you said. This one I actually wrote down and it was like I'm gonna come up with my own thoughts. I'm not gonna. I don't even know where the rest of the league for the most outside of the people who have kind of always been down on us. Your Jason Maples, your uh who's Kirk's boy HP basketball well actually he's not even that down on us this year quite as cap but I haven't really paid attention to too many people's predictions for the Mavs so I just want to look at it with clear eyes and see how I felt so last year I think we agreed that they'd be the fourth seed so we disagree this year I got them in five you got them in six I'm not gonna hold you I'm probably going to tease this as like, you got the Mavs where as the name of this episode. I think a lot of people think we're going to be so much higher than this. I really do. I, I don't think the timeline is going to respond favorably to us having them in the fifth or sixth seed at all. Which is funny because I think when we had them as the four seed last year, people were like, there were some people that was gassing up like, this is a top three seed. But uh, you remember how many people were like, this is still a first-round out team. This team is not top four. 
like people were passionate about that shit last year and it swung the other way this year. It's it's kind of funny. I think I think people think I don't know anybody that's a fan that's like down on the team. And I think people are gonna hear us having him in the fifth or sixth seed and perceive it as us being down on him. And I just I don't know, man. I I think what I think. I'm usually pretty optimistic. Um my first gut was to have us as the sixth seed with you just to keep it real. And I was like, mm, that extra month that Jaron Jackson Jr. is out, that, that can that's gonna be the difference. Uh, what did what did you think, ma'am? Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. Completely fair. Um, yeah, I just think I'm I my prediction. I'm I just would like to fall on the safe side. Call me boring, whatever. But <laughs> I I wanted to be a little safe, and I I just think that sounds like the safe bet out of the you know plane, but still maybe not quite cracking that um upper echelon of the West. Yeah, but I also want to say, like like I said earlier when we first started this, if the Mavs were, uh, if the Mavs, like, were the two seed, would that blow your mind? Because it wouldn't blow mine at all. It wouldn't blow I see mind. the path. Would, I see the just, path quite easily. Yeah, it would just signal to me, okay, Luca's having that MP, MVP season. That that would is what that would tell me. Oh, we're the two seed, oh, Luca just, you know, did his thing. That's exactly what that would tell me. I don't think it's. I don't think even. I think Luca, man. I think Luca got to do his thing for us to be the fifth seed. I to me, if we end up like two, three, that means Luca did his thing. Christian Wood didn't necessarily. He became a passable defender, right? Um, Tim came all the way back. It's just everything that's a question broke in our favor. And then what's crazy is as a fan. I think all that shit's on the table. It's so funny. I flipped on Christian Wood like three different times this summer, and I'm demanding he start. Because I just see the vision. I see how it can work. Um, I did listen to, uh, what is it, Nikias and what's my man's name, Stephen Jones, the Dunker Spot. Um, I did listen to their, I listened to where their preview for us. (laughs) Like, it is kind of funny because if you actually just watch Christian Wood play defense, it's hard to it's hard to wish cast it. It's hard to be like he's gonna because lo- bigs don't bigs. That's one thing bigs don't learn how to play defense when they're twenty seven if they never played it before. Like who's done that? I, I, and I'm asking you. I'm not like speaking affirmatively. I'm asking like what big never played defense and in their age twenty seven twenty eight year was like I'm gonna decide to play defense. It doesn't happen often. Um, I know people are just banking on him. Oh, well, he's finally on a winning team, you know, blah, blah. There's there's a thing about building habits, even when you're on a bad team, right? And, yes, you can see certain plays are of effort, but certain plays are definitely about ability. And like I said in that um, – said on the timeline, but in the game that he played against the Magic, he was pretty good offensively. But he had, and defensively, he was trying. Like, he had a couple good, you know, strong contests. But he had several plays where he looked lost. There was one play I remember vividly where he just left his man. <laughs> there were, um, uh, I forgot exactly what was run, what the Magic ran. 
but Wood, like, complete, like, ran away from his man, and before he realized, like, he tried to run back to close out, the shot was already up, it, it missed, so it was like, okay, register as a miss, but if it made, if, if the person made the shot, that would have 100% been on Wood, mm-hmm. and I saw um Paolo mix him up <laughs> a four shot, and yes, it's Paolo, dude, but still, dude, I asked the timeline, I was like, yeah, I asked the timeline, and I don't know if people thought I was joking because I couldn't find the tracking data. I feel like every shot Paolo made was on Christian Wood's head. Am I crazy? Bro, that's what I'm saying. I was like, no, what did he ISO. shoot on him? It was just bucket after bucket. I'm like, I saw him ISO on him, him in the um, high post. He was in the high post, not even mid high. He was in the high post, just dribbling, just dribbling. And Christian was shaking. He was wobbling. He was like, <laughs> bucket. And I'm like, oh my God. But like I said, he was playing so well. I didn't want to be that person. Yeah. I'm a hater, but I didn't want to be that person to be like, oh, well he's doing the, like i didn't want to do that so i'm like okay he's playing well leave it at that but the defense is still not up to par yeah and then paulo is a problem but mm-hmm. he's still a rookie exactly. he's, like he's still i know he's number one pick but there's lots of paulo's dudes that are probably as good as paulo going to be scoring the ball that for this thing to work he has to be able to guard them dudes and my vision for him, the reason why I want him to start, the reason why I want, you know, I, I kind of want to, to me, almost engineer the team backwards to accentuate him and Luca's strengths and try to hide their weaknesses is because of that offensive ability. But at the same time, my vision for that is him being able, I mean, you can't guard a star. Even if Paolo wins rookie of the year, you know, it's – it's it's hard to guard a star. Apollo, what, 6'10", 6'8", 250, can dribble, skillful, right? Yeah. So maybe we killing him too much, but at the same time, like, he ain't the only one that, like, he, there, there's many more of them dudes out there, and for us to get to where we need to be, he has to hold his own against them. It can't be like, damn, did, did you, did he score every time you guarded him? You, well, that's not a question we should be asking ourselves, because if Jay, if we asking that so asking ourselves that as fans as as observers, you know Jason Kidd looking at that shit like, yeah, that's why you ain't starting. And we need him that we need him to be able to carry his weight. But I don't know. Um, I'm 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 so excited for this season because I don't have any expectations. And even if we lose in the first round, even if we are the fifth or sixth seed. I think this team is going to be extremely fun to watch. Um, last year's team was fun to watch, but it would get a little bit disjointed with the basically Luca and Jalen and Spencer taking turns. That shit worked. It was cool. But I want to see – I want to see lobs. I want to see, you know, the way Spencer – Spencer, the way Christian scores the ball is different than, like, damn near any player we've had in a really long time. And I just I'm, I want to watch that for a full season and see if my theory of him being able to be a starter holds up on both ends of the court. I want to see if JaVale McGee is actually worth a damn because I feel like his defensive prowess is being woefully overrated. Yes, he is a shot true. blocker, but like it's funny because when you listen to that uh, Stephen Jones, like we all agree Stephen Jones is like a dude that knows his shit, right? Yeah. 
he said Dwight Powell was a better defensive player than JaVel McGee. He said Dwight Powell was like the third or fourth best defensive player on the team because of his versatility and how many different schemes you could put him in. With that being said, I think he said he was more important than Maxi Cleaver, and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, he's had to check him. I think the word he used was Maxi phrase he used was Maxi Kleber erasure, and I'm like. Mm, yeah, you you wilding on that, my boy. But I, I, I think his sentiment, I guess, what he's trying to pull out from all that is that Powell is an underrated defender, and I and I agree. That. That's that's a point that I'm trying to I get agree. at myself. Yeah. And people just thought Powell couldn't do anything, like he wasn't a part of the defense. That's so why I'm like, please taper. It's like it's like um, and you know, I like him dying, but he. You know, he was saying the Madison's praises, which I appreciate as a Clippers fan, but he, you know, he's going to say Luca has never played. He said Luca has never played with a lot there. And I'm like, what are, like, that's people, that's a lot of people, a, with, a right? lot of people say that. A and lot I'm of like, people say it. That is just not true. And that's what I have a problem with. I'm like, we're going to talk about what Dwight Powell can't do, fine. But to diminish what he does and actually does quite well. Did it before Luca ever showed up? Yes, his numbers were good before Luca. Like you're <clears throat> Luca is not the only one. He doesn't just make that duo. Um, of course it helps. You know that Luca is such a maestro in the pick and roll, but Paul is like that. <laughs> you know he's like yeah, a lobster. And also, I think like lobs are entertaining to watch, but within the context of like how important it is to winning fucking basketball games. Yeah, man, that's just not that important. That's not shit you get off against playoff defenses anyway. It's such an overrated ability, in my opinion, for a big man to have. Like, can you catch and, like, at the front of the rim, do a drop step and then get the bucket? To me, that's so much more important than being able to catch the alley-oop and dunk it. That's why Rudy Gobert... If Rudy Gobert could catch at the rim, put the ball on the ground, do a power dribble, and score efficiently, we wouldn't have got out the first round last year. He can catch a lot, but he can't do that. And that's my kind of, I don't know. That's one of his flaws in his game offensively, and it's one flaw that Dwight Powell, as bad as he is, does not have. He can catch lobs, uh, and I think he's good at but he he can't really – I don't know. He when he get it, if the defender got any type of length or anything, he get his shit beat too. But my point I'm trying to get to with all that is, I don't know if JaVel McGee is. I don't know. JaVel McGee's offensive stats were weird. He was lightweight getting in his bag in Phoenix, but he wasn't doing that shit in LA or Denver. So I'm kind of confused. But anyway, we done went off topic because we was talking about his defense. I just don't think JaVel McGee is the defensive player they folks making him out to be. That's what I'm trying to get at. And I also think... You'd be right on that. Yeah, and did you hear about, I guess, they're going to start playing more zone this year? Um, I vaguely saw that. I mean, I have to see it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go. Uh, I think <laughs> if... if they're already going to, like, come out the gate trying to play more zone than they did last year is because they've seen something in training camp is like, yeah, that switching shit is not going to work. Or uh, 
Christian Wood can't play defense at all. So we not even about to try it. <laughs> we we not even gonna like right, look, we're gonna play some zone. But then again, it could just be trying to keep I don't know. I don't know, man. We gonna see, but I'm just worried that whatever their plan was, they've seen something in training camp that has them like wanting to go a different way already. I like it, but that tells me you had a shit plan. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, we'll, I, I think if we're just in a, we'll have to see what they cook up. Cause that's the point where he, I do agree with Steve where he's saying that Powell is a more versatile defender. Cause that's true. Um, you know, Javel, he can only play drop. And I mean, you could play him like, it, and it, I'm not necessarily talking about that deep drop where he's just all the way in the paint. Like he can play a little higher up you know, on the screens, he's not, like, completely, like, useless, but, like, you could scheme JaVale off the floor. We can. Easy. We, 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 we did can. it. We just did it. <laughs> we, we just did it. We yeah. could scheme him off the floor. Um, to, to be honest, like, people pointing to his playoff production against or last year, but that's because New Orleans had to keep Jonah's big ass on the court. Mm-hmm. They could, if they didn't need Jonas for production, they could have schemed his ass off the court too. They just needed Jonas. They didn't have that other trick in their bag, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So he was able to he was able to survive. Should I, I'm gonna keep it real, man. I think Dwight would have been able to survive if the only bigs he faced was Jonas. If Jonas was on the court for like 35 minutes a night, um, he wouldn't have cooked. He wouldn't have went off, but he would have looked better than he did against the teams we played. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just, I just think that um, when people say lineup versatility, we have lineup versatility from the standpoint where, you know, we have, we, we could play, you know, big, super big, we could, you know, go smaller with our units in that sense. But in terms of schemes, I, I don't know if we're, at least defensively, if we're as versatile, which is why I guess, kidding he wants to try more zone but we'll have to see that zone defense is a hit or miss obviously um it's i want it's it's, if you figure it out it's like your bleeding points but against certain teams it'll be definitely effective so um i'm definitely thinking that it's 100 going to be matchup dependent um when they play zone so we'll, we'll see i'm intrigued to see the defense though because i feel like if we were to slip to the plane, like barring injuries, so I think it would be a, because of a defensive regression as well. Yeah, going with if we go from like the I think we were seventh in defense last year, if we fall to thirteen, yeah, man, I think we could be in the plane. Even if the yeah. even if the offense takes an uptick, I I still could see that because I do think I think we end up being what. After all said and done, was it thirteenth in in offense last year? And that that you know obviously that included when Luca was out, when Luca was fat, when couldn't anyone throw it in the ocean. So that data is a little muddy, it's a little dirty, but shit, it happened, right? So I don't know, man. We'll see. Uh, I did have a question. I am. I'm just gonna keep it real. I'm straight stealing this from they pop. Who do you think is going to be the closing lineup? Ooh, see, this is tough. Um, see, this is where it gets tough because 
I think it's going to be dependent on Wood. If if he shows enough strides on defense, okay. If he shows enough strides on defense with like within that, like when he's playing with Maxi, I definitely I think I think we might see. Um, oh, this is tough. I think we might see, cause here's the thing: I can't envision Maxi not closing. Me either. But I can see like. My okay, my gut is telling me there's two, there's two of them. So my I can see Luca Spencer, um, Dorian Maxine Wood, or I can, and that that lineup is depending on if Wood is showing that he can defend. I could see if they want to go bigger, um, but I can also see a lineup where it's basically the starting lineup, the projected starting lineup, and instead of Javale, it's Maxi. I can also see Wood not closing there, like if his defense is not up to par. Um, but I just can't imagine Maxi not closing unless they really want Bullock in that um, hey, closing we... lineup. And I just can't see Spencer not closing either because he's another ball handler. Like we need another ball handler that closes the game. So it's 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 tough. It's actually tough when you think about it. But those are the two lineups that I'm thinking about right now. Yeah, I um. Uh... I don't know if this is uh I know we joked about it in the group chat, but why did Maxi get so damn big? Like you think that was like, hey, we need you to guard centers? Nah, or he, he just, just or he off. just was he was just like, I'm just getting swollen, I'm trying to get sexy. He's in I'm I'm about to turn thirty, like I, I just think it's the time because he declined to play with Germany, you know. He yeah. didn't do it properly. So he didn't play. So I think it was just him that that mindset that okay i'm trying to heal from my injuries let me mm-hmm. you know work out let me do this let me do that so i just think it was the mindset he was in on this summer okay i was trying to guess because the whole christian wood experience is dependent upon maxi in my opinion so i'm just like i already had lied to myself like maxi got big so he can handle centers better with bulk and still you know switch and be a perimeter, you know, be able to guard big wings and shit, but you, you think he just was getting his sexy on, getting his swole on. He he had time to get a lift in. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I roll with it. I roll with it, but it is funny because we see media day, he big as hell. And like, I guess he signed that extension like as soon as he got back to Dallas. And I was just like, he walked in, as soon as they saw him at the practice court, they saw how big he was. Like, oh, he taking this shit serious and they gave him an extension. I'm half joking, but it'd be funny if it was like some shit, if that played a role in it. Um, I don't know, man. I'm ex- I'm still excited. I just, I really, really, really hope I'm wrong. I want to be good, man. I do. I want to be good and I want to use, I don't know, Tim or Christian Wood or one of these dudes and I want to get our final piece. I want to Man, going having a deep playoff run when because we hadn't did it in so long. Shit, you were you a young buck, so this is like kind of your first one in the era where you can really experience it, right? And that shit is great. It's so great, and I forgot how great it was. And I just I want that. Like I'm addicted to it. I do not want to lose in the fucking first round any time while Luca is a Maverick ever again. Hell, 
it, it, it's fun to win. It's fun to go deep in the playoffs. Um, I don't want to be stressing about, well, are we going to sign Christian Wood for what? We get put out in May and then we dragging it for two months. I don't want that, bro. I really, 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 really don't. So we'll see. Um, man, I think, when did we start this? I think we had a buck 20. You got anything else you want to get off your chest? I think I said everything I I got. I wanted to say this week. And uh, the next time y'all will hear us, the season would have been underway. Um, Opening day, we got Lakers versus Warriors. And um, the 76ers versus the Nets. I do. I do got some. I do got one more thing. Yeah. Because we got to put it on wax right now. Or forever hold your peace. What is your hottest NBA take that has nothing to do with the Mavericks that you feel strongly about, that you feel mm-hmm. like you're on an island about? Um, this is tough. It's tough because I don't – I feel like last year I had a couple. This year I'm getting strong. I mean, I guess it's not – I kind of said it on the timeline yesterday, but I guess it's like quote-unquote hot. But I think Cade goes – goes through a sophomore slump. Hey man, don't 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 do that. And here's the thing, even okay, even when I say sophomore slump, him stagnating too can be a possibility. When I say slump, I don't mean he's just gonna stink. You know, it was kinda like Josh, Josh's second year. Like everyone Mm -hmm. thought he would take a jump and he kinda like stagnated. He was still at a like he I think he only scored like one one more point per game and he was like okay but he wasn't the star that he blossomed into, you know, in his third year. I think he's going to be the same like that. Like, I think we're forgetting that, um, like, what Luca and Trey does, did, or did, that's not normal. Oh, it was like, yeah, first year, you know, they're really good rookies, and then next year, boom, both all-star starters. Like, you know, I don't think, that's not normal. And I think people, just because, I mean, this, this you know, 2021 draft class was great. I think people are expecting something similar where, you know, Jalen Green or Kane, Mobley, they're just going to take these huge, like, leaps. I think Mobley's stats stay around the same. Maybe he scores a little bit more, but I think his stats stay about the same, especially since they got more help onto his team. So he was going to be focusing more on, like, the dirty kind of stuff. I think Jalen Green takes the biggest statistical leap. I don't think Scotty's stats are going to skyrocket either. And, yeah, for Kane, I don't know. I, I think he's going – I mean, in the preseason, he hasn't impressed me at all. No, me either. He he's actually he's actually had me concerned. Yeah, like I I just think like he's not he's nowhere near aggressive enough to want it to be, especially given who he's playing with. Um, I just think that um he's going to see a season where he's still figuring it out. Now teams are guarding you differently. Um, now they're aware like okay, you're somebody to look out for, and yes, he's got. At least you could say more offensive help on his team, but still, you know what I mean? Like, Detroit is not – like, he's still going to be seeing intense defensive coverages. So I just think with that, um, he'll – again, even if it's not taking a step back, I think the numbers will kind of stagnate. And um, in the third year, that's when we'll see, okay, like, all-star and all that. I think that's what is going to happen. So I guess that's my, like, I guess hottest take that I have. Okay. Um, where I guess mine is, uh, 
the Chicago Bulls, I don't even know if it's a high take. Chicago Bulls is living on borrowed time. Um, I think they blowing it up either by the trade deadline or in the summer. I guess it's fine blowing it up because they just put it together. So like, what do you mean by blowing it up? What I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be so bad that I don't know if. I think Vucci, Vucci man, he's a pending free agent, right? Yep, he is. Um, I think Demar only has one more year on his deal after this. I think he regresses a little bit. And I don't think they're going to trade Zach, even though I, you know, I, I feel like this weird Zach Levine stand because we we talk about OG, we talk about Jalen Brown, and I know it's because they're two way wings, but I still feel like you just have Luke and Zach, and you could just put like I don't know three dudes that just can play defense three and deep I feel like those two are a championship level duo I don't think we're gonna get Zach but I think he's gonna be like I don't know if I want to be here this summer because they, they they're gonna be bad and I don't know if their pathway are getting better because I I just I think shit is gonna be bleak and they gonna you know they got Alonzo's contract and it's not real real big but if dude's knee is truly cooked like he got All right, my bad, y'all. We had some technical difficulties that uh, basically my computer computer restored it dead ass while we were, I was getting my um, hot take off about the, uh, about the Bulls and why I think, I, I think they're going to basically blow it up. Um, I don't think Zach Levine is going to get traded, even though, I still want him as like a target for the uh for the Mavs. Um, I think that's something maybe a year or two down the line as opposed to at the trade down the line or next summer. But I do think DeMar DeRozan, even, you know, because he's just an older player, maybe they pack him up, maybe he goes somewhere else. I think Vucevic, same thing, you know, especially with him being a pending free agent, shit, they might just he might just walk or they just trade him and try to do something else. I just don't know what their path is to get better. So to me, I look at Zach's age and I go ahead and I dump DeMar, I dump Vucevic, and I keep all my young guys and try to restock around Zach and the young players and just see what that gets me. So when I say I think the Bulls are going to blow it up, that's what I mean. Um, that's I guess what I'm trying to say when I say that. But I don't know. We uh we'll see. It'll be uh it'll be interesting. So I think SJ I think her hot take is that my guy, she she was trying to shoot shots into my chest and say that my boy Cade is just I won't say regress, but be kind of mid. And I'm not gonna hold y'all. He he's he hasn't looked like he he hasn't looked that great in the preseason. And I think from a offensive production standpoint, when it comes to Scotty Barnes and uh, uh, sheesh, 
Evan in Cleveland. I don't know why his last name is slipping me at this moment. Um, Evan Mobley. She she was basically seeing them dudes. A lot of people are assuming they're gonna take the leap, and she don't see those dudes taking a leap. So she got them dudes just kind of staying stagnant as her quote unquote high take for the league. I got the Bulls being mid and I won't say blow it up, but I guess retool because if cause they they do have some decent young pieces, I just think they're gonna get rid of the old dudes and try to reload around Zach and the rest of the young boys. Um, I think that's it for us this week. I'm gonna go ahead and let y'all go again. Our listenership is going up week after week over week. Now that the season is back, we thank y'all for listening. It is me, Dwight, at five one seven two two one four. Joined again as I am every week by the brains of the operation, Young SJ PhD at SJ Basketball Eight, and we will talk to y'all next week. Y'all actually might get a bonus episode, but either way it goes, the latest y'all hear from us uh, a week from today. So thank y'all. We appreciate y'all listening. We holler. Peace.